Has he been good to you already this year in 2019? Come on, let's give Jesus another hand clap of praise. He's the reason we're here. Happy New Year's, everyone. Oh, man, y'all are looking good out there. Thanks, my friend. I appreciate you. Thank you. I love you. Ooh, this is round two for me, so I need you. I need your support. Now, 915 was with me. Y'all with me? All right. Cool, man. Cool, cool, cool. Well, um, trying to get my life right up here. So, yeah, so, you know, in uh, December 2018, um, December 16th, we, we took our maximum capacity offering. Um, and I'll be sharing that amount here in about 50 seconds. Some of you are, are counting down already. 50, 49. Uh, and so for our Genius of Generosity offering, um, at the end of December two, uh, 2017, uh, you as a church, you gave $13,065.88. And uh, this is a, a time of the year where we come together as a church and we give above and beyond our normal tithe. And uh, it just allows us to accelerate the vision. Um, and I just, I just got to say, y'all, y'all really showed up this year in a major way. And I'm grateful to pastor such a, a generous church. Um, the, the series Maximum Capacity was built around offering, uh, offering our trust to God. And, um, and so you, you showed up, and I think my 50 seconds are up. So uh, here's the amount. You guys gave uh, $27,292.62. Praise God. And, um, man, you know, that is unheard of for a church that is two years old, uh, especially some churches make that in a year, um, especially given the way we started. Um, but with that, uh, you know, as you heard in our annual report, we gave just about the same amount to outreach throughout the entire year. And so thank you. You were able to provide um, a Christmas for 19 families and 95 kids. So thank you so much. Um, and we, we have more work to do, you know, we're, we're finally going to, finally, after a year and a half of, of telling you guys, like, we're going to start it, we're finally laying the groundwork for a mentorship program here at Shady Grove Middle School. Um, the vision is, hopefully, within the next 10 years, we will be the number one uh, go-to organization for mentorship in Montgomery County. I feel that, yeah, yeah, I, I... I just feel like the church, it's time for the church to be the church. And, um, and uh, we, got, we got a lot more work to do. We have to renovate um, the Betty Ann Crank Center. Um, we've already worked on two rooms. I think we have 16 more to go. Um, we're going to renovate that entire building so that uh, mothers and children who are fleeing domestic violence can come to a place where it doesn't feel like a detention center, but it feels like the hope of God is there. And so that's what we get to do in this community and much more. I don't want to turn this into an outreach message, but um, praise the Lord. Thank you all. Let's celebrate again your generosity. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And um, yeah, so we're starting a brand new series today called um, Inside Out, Inside Out. And uh, we're, we're, we're entering into a season of 21 days of 
prayer and fasting. And, um, man, I, I was doing some reading on Jesus from a secular standpoint. And uh, the Bible is fact. The Bible is historical. But I like to dive into what the world, when I say the world, I mean uh, people that don't believe in Jesus or that don't know Jesus, what they think about Jesus, the historical Jesus. And I came upon some pretty cool research. Um, Google searches for Jesus per month is at a 24.9 million per month, Google searches. Um, that's 13 million more than the person behind him. Um, Muhammad gets 13 million. Uh, Muhammad gets, I'm sorry, 11 million. Uh, Jesus gets 24.9 million per month. And so, th- th- once again, this is a secular source. Um, and so I-, I even love the wording that they use. I'm going to read some of their article. It says this here. Uh, There's really no need to explain just what the four Gospels say Jesus did to become famous. But in the interest of fairness, here are the claims of the Christians. And so they say he was born to a virgin. Uh, He died at about the age of 33. He was the most famous victim of crucifixion. And he rose from the dead. And in his own power, three days later, he ascended into heaven. And he now sits at the right hand of God. This, I, love the, I love how they're even saying biblical things. Like, yeah, you got it. You don't get it, but you got it. You know, you're saying the right things. And so it says this here, that there are just over 7 billion people on earth um, as of this list. Just about one-third, precisely 33.32% of them worship Jesus as the Christ of God. We may fairly say that these 2.33 billion people know very well who he is and the specifics about his life. Google claims that about 130 million books have been written and bound throughout human history, which still survive in the form, in book form, in some library in the world. Out of these 130 million books, it is estimated that 40% are about Jesus. And uh, so that sums up to about 52 million books are about Jesus. And it says this here. I, l- I love this. It says, um, uh, we're right now, in some way concerned with Jesus, the man who may have lived, who may have walked on water, and who may have risen from the dead. Um, I mean, if, if any of that is fake, that's a darn good, oh, my God. He, Jesus was a swindler. If, if he did not rise, if he did not walk on water, if any of that's fake, we are all foolish as a society and as a world. It must be real is what I'm saying. It must be true. And they even quoted the Gospel of John. They say one of the 52 million books written about Jesus in the Gospel of John says this in your Bible. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Needless to say, Jesus was an outward success. The greatest leader to ever live, the greatest man to ever live. Um, The facts show it. The stats show it. 25 million Google searches per month on Jesus. He was an outward success. But the genesis of his success was within. 
in order for him to be so effective, in order for him to have stepped into everything that God had for him. See, the Bible says that Jesus had a joy that was set before him. Even though he died at 33 and he rose such a short life, he had a joy that was set before him. And the Bible teaches us that that joy was you and I, salvation. So he went to the cross, he died, he rose from the grave, and his joy is that when we die, our bodies don't remain in the grave. The Bible teaches of the resurrection at the end times. So there's going to come a time in human history where Jesus is going to come back, and he's going to raise up you and I from the grave. The Bible calls it a mystery. Our souls are going to meet with our bodies, which at that time it could be flesh, it could be dust, it could be dirt. Um, Your body could be in the sea. It could be in the ground. I don't know how it's all going to happen, but the soul is going to come to the body. We're going to resurrect and enter into heaven with God. Then there's going to be a time where we come back to the earth. We eliminate Satan. We eliminate sin. And I'll be able to say there's no place like home. And I'll be able to go to Kansas and go to Europe and go to Asia and eat every kind of steak, filet mignon that I want to eat because it's going to be on and it's going to be on and it's going to be popping and it's going to be lit. And I'm going to be chilling. Ain't going to be no shopping. Not going to be no bills. Not going to be no tears. That was the joy that was set before him. I'm making light of it, but it's, it's in the scripture. And so um, he was the greatest, but the genesis of his success was inward. It, w- it, was, it was spiritual. And I want to declare this over your life, um, or I want to I encourage you with this. It can be your best year only if it's your best year spiritually. Only if it's your best year spiritually. The Bible teaches that we are a soul with a body. So what you're seeing when you see me or when I see you is I see your soul expressed by your flesh. So when you pass away, your soul goes on to either be with God or separated from God for all eternity, which tells me that, yes, I can look fine. I can have a nice chest, a nice bottom, nice arms. I can have money in the bank. But if my soul is not whole, I don't experience fulfillment The genesis, the beginning of the success of Jesus Christ was on the inside. It was inward. And because of that, before he started his ministry, he started it with a fast. Prior to pursuing the call of God, he fasted. Prior to being here 2,000 years later, 25 million Google searches, walking on water, raising the dead, raising himself from the dead, going into heaven at the age of 29. He started all of this with a fast. And because we are souls, we are composed of three, essentially. We are mind, will, and emotions. We are our thinking, our feelings, and our desires. We are composed of the way that we think, how we feel, and what we desire. And what Jesus was seeking to have before stepping towards outward pursuits and ambitions was a peace of mind, a joy-filled heart, and purified desires. If I can get the peace of God to rule my mind, the Bible teaches of a peace that surpasses understanding. There are things that 
worry you and that God's going to call you into this year and things that are going to come against you this year that won't make sense. You can't logically explain how to get past it, how to overcome it. You won't be able to figure it out. You won't be able to write it out. You won't be able to calculate it. But then the peace of God that surpasses all logic will, will take over your mind. He was looking for that peace. He was looking for that peace. He was looking for a joy-filled heart. Because we live in a world where, man, I got to get the money. I got to get the bag. I got to get the success. I got to get this. I got to get this. And we get it, and it's not all that it was made out to be. I need the relationship. I need him in my life. I need her in my life. We get him, and we get her, and we get trouble. A joy-filled heart and purified desires. Purified desires. He was an inward success before he was an outward success. Let's go to Luke 4, 1 through 2. And it says this here, Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, he had just been baptized, says this, He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. What is fasting? If you're taking notes, I'll slow it down now. Fasting is the denial of physical food for the purpose of drawing closer to God. Fasting is the denial of physical food for the purpose of drawing closer to God. So what does fasting do? Well, fasting brings us into the presence of God. I love it because um, every Monday night, well, hopefully we'll get out tonight but because our fast starts tomorrow. Every Monday night, we, we, my wife and I, we block out three to four hours of date night. Um, tacos and queso and other things that I won't mention here. Date night. So, y'all are, come on, man. It's a new year. Don't be, come on. All right, so. You've, all right. Come on, Marcus. I need you today. I told, I told y'all to be with me today. Like, 9.15 was ready to go. Y'all woke up later. You look better. The sun is out. Come on, give yourselves a hand clap for being in church. Don't start now. It's a new year. I want to see new faces. New faces if you go in new places. I'm sorry. I'm tripping. Okay. That'll preach so good. If you're happy and you know it, tell your face. Block everything out. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. And <laughs> the end result every date night is joy, man. We, we leave and, and we're happy and we put on some music. Let me give you the different types of fast. The end result of being each other's presence is joy. Daniel fast, if you're taking notes. The Daniel fast is um, fruit, vegetables, no sweets, no meat, no bread. Um, we will... My wife and I, we will do a Daniel fast. We typically started out with a full fast. The full fast, if you're taking notes, is all water, only water and fruit juice. You may need a little sugar at a certain point, but only water and fruit juice. The partial fast is not dietary in nature. It is timing. The partial fast is whatever dietary fast you choose, you can fast from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. or from sunup to sundown. And the soul fast is to eliminate all media. 
for your soul. The purpose is to bring you into the presence of God. Jesus understood about, I need the presence of the Father. If I'm going to be effective, if I'm going to thrive, if I'm going to advance, I need the presence of God dominating, saturating my heart. So I need to, I need to get in the wilderness. Yes, Satan is going to be there. You're going to be tempted. When you're fasting, it's so, it's so commonplace to get on the Internet or look at TV, and that burger just comes, and that lettuce is glistening. You never wanted lettuce in your life, but that lettuce is just sweating. And you know how the food hits the, the, the tray, and it just bounces, and it just... Yeah, it's like uh, Bugs Bunny when he just... He flung, y'all don't remember. Y'all, 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 y'all. Bugs Bunny, you know, the, the smell just brings him, and he's flowing. That's what happens during a fast. Satan came and he tempted him many different occasions to get him to quit his fast because he knew the potential that was on the inside of Jesus. So Jesus said, before I start, I have to get in the presence of the Father. But why? Well, let's see what the scripture says. Psalm 1611 says this. You make known to me the path of life. When you fast this year with us, God is going to speak to you. And he's going, to make, he's going to make it very clear directions and relationships and connections and opportunities. He's going to make known to you the path of life. The reason why uh, Jesus is setting this example for us is because Jesus is trying to say, if you would fast in order to get into the presence of life, you would have clarity in the direction that God wants to send you in. That life leads to more life. That life here in the, in the Greek is zoe. It means to thrive. It means to be fulfilled. It means to step into greater dimensions of your calling. So he knew in order to step into greater dimensions, in order to overcome criticism, in order to overcome setback, in order to overcome negativity, he knew that I had to get into the presence of God in order to get free so that I could figure out the path of my life for 2019 in your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand that's where Jesus is sitting right now it are pleasures forever more Nehemiah 8 10 says this don't be dejected don't be sad you might have a headache you might be hungry your breath might be kicking but the joy of the Lord is your strength In 2018, I just feel that so many of us attempted to find joy in areas that were not qualified to give us joy. And there's a joy that only God gives. But you can only tap into that joy through fasting. And this joy, according to Nehemiah, is the strength that you will need to overcome in 2019. Mm, joy. Happiness, I mean, let's deal with some definitions now. Happiness, happenings. So as long as it's happening, I am happy. But what happens when it is not happening? Am I happy? And if I am not happy, then I don't want to do anything on the outside. 
But if I have joy, it doesn't matter what is happening on the outside of me or around me or what's going on with my money or what's going on with these people or what's going on with this relationship. As long as I have joy, I have what I need to see the outside prosper. So Jesus understood I need the presence of God in my heart because what I'm about to do is going to turn the world upside down and not everyone's going to agree with it and not everyone's going to like it and they're going to want to put me on a cross. So I need the joy of the spirit of God if these three years of my ministry is going to thrive. You're going to need the joy of the spirit of God if 2019 is going to be different from 2018. You're going to need it and you won't be able to get it anywhere else but in the presence of the Lord. I'm just, it's not going to happen. You can go to Barnes & Noble, self-help book. You can go on the Oprah show, even though that ain't around no more. Go to Steve Harvey. I don't care where you go. You can go on social media. I just want to be inspired. I just want to laugh. That crap lasts for about two minutes. You're going to need the joy of the Lord in your heart in 2019. So God is saying, I'm, I'm ready to meet you during this fast. I'm ready to meet you during this fast. The other thing a fast does is it allows you to eliminate distractions and establish healthy patterns. Just one of many uh, different things I, I could have researched on, but I was looking at texting and driving and accident statistics. At any given time throughout the day, approximately uh, 700,000 drivers are attempting to use their phones while behind the wheel of an automobile. The National Safety Council reports that cell phone use while driving leads to 1.6 million crashes each year. One out of every four car accidents in the United States are caused by texting and driving. It says this here, texting while driving uh, is six times more likely to cause an accident than drunk driving. Uh, texting while driving causes a 4% increase in time spent with your eyes off the road. And teenagers are four times more likely to get into a car accident when they are texting and driving simply because their minds aren't fully developed yet. And so um, something personal for me, uh, I'll digress a little bit here. Um, I have one goal when I leave the house. So hopefully this blesses your life because it has nothing to do with Jesus. My goal is to get back home. Someone, someone got a revelation right there. You just got a, bro- a breakthrough. Because I feel like, I don't know, it's the, spirit in this, it's the spirit in the room or something. It's the faith in the room. I just feel like I'm surrounded. I'm not surrounded, but I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm preaching in front of a lot of offensive drivers. Okay, that, okay, good. Now we're laughing. Cool. So, like, I'm driving, and I'm, you know me, I, I chill, 30, 35. I'm, uh, uh, got my music bumping. Yeah, uh. 35 and a 50, uh. and, and I look in my review mirror, and you're on my butt, so I, I'm known to literally, on a, on a one lane this way and a one lane that way, I will, I'm known to pull over and let you go and get right behind you to let you know that you're not going anywhere, but, uh, and then I don't understand why y'all speed past me, and I catch you at the red light, like, uh, uh, I'm still at 35. So you're wasting gas. I just feel like I'm surrounded by offensive drivers. So um, 
Lord, I ain't trying to brag. Like, please keep me. Never got into a car accident in my life. But, like, I'm a defense. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. I'm a defensive driver. So when I'm driving, I watch other people's. That has nothing to do with my message. Just a little. Uh, you don't have to give an offering for that. Just a little something. Um, all right. The thing is, is this. We're, we're in a constant cycle of distraction. It is scientifically proven that there is no such thing as multitasking. What? See? Because you pride yourself on it, on the illusion of multitasking. Science has actually confirmed that there is no such thing as multitasking, but that you do multiple things at the same time poorly. Which means that God created us to So the reason Jesus fasted and he went to the wilderness in the heat of the day and in the cold of the night is because he needed to get his mind clear enough for what God had for him. So distraction, the word means to tear apart. And that's what Satan wants to do in 2019 in your life. He wants to distract you from the will of God, the call of God on your life. And so distractions lead to poor results. Poor results lead to discouragement. The discouragement does not enforce a positive change. Discouragement usually reinforces distractive patterns. Distraction, poor results, discouragement. So if I'm distracted, I'm never as effective as I can be on the outside. And if I don't see the results I really want to see in my marriage, in my studies, in my finances, in my health, um, I'm, I'm going to be unfulfilled. So Jesus said, well, I need to draw away, and I need to fast and get in the presence of God, and I need to eliminate the distractions. Romans 12, 2 says this, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. What is the Apostle Paul saying? He's saying, don't copy the patterns of this world. I show up on Monday through Thursday. I hate work, and I can't wait till Friday. So I'm gonna, we're going to drink, we're going to party, we're going to go out, we're going to stay out late, only to numb the pain of the week so that we can re-enter a new week, make it through church, not, not worship, not raise our hands, not get any freedom, make it through church, because now church has become a checkbox as opposed to a place where you encounter the living God. So you got to get those hands up. you got to get free this year. you got to enter into worship and not care about what anyone thinks about you. You may not want to be free, but I do. Hiya. 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 you got to get free this year. I don't know. I just feel good. It's a brand new year. And God is good. And he's going to do great things in your life this year. I just feel real good this morning. Hiya. Get away from the patterns of the world. The patterns. You got to start new patterns. And it says this. This is the reason why. It says, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Mind, your mind, will, emotions. By changing your soul. Some of us are stuck in destructive patterns of thinking. And that's what God wants to do during this fast. 
I'm not good enough. I'm not attractive. No one wants me. This is my lot in life. We will never, I'll never get past this level. I'll never get past this limit. We're stuck. Oh, that's what they think about me. They haven't said a word about you. They're not even thinking about you. They're hungry. <laughs> You're stuck in destructive patterns of thinking. So the word says here, allow it to change the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will. So the will, the will, my thinking and my will is aligned with God. The word will means desires. Then I will learn to know what God's desires are. God wants to remove your desires during this fast and put his desires in your heart. For far too long, your desires have not led you anywhere but to dead ends. You need the desires of God for your life so that the outward would be something that you enjoy. The outward would be enduring God's will, which is what? Good, pleasing, and perfect. So I got to get rid of the patterns. It's like multiplication. It's two times two equals four. There's no way I can, I, can, I can get to four if I do two times one. Why? Because two times two is a pattern. Then, then two times two times two is eight. There's no way I can get to two times uh, one times two can equal eight. No, I have to stay with the pattern. And this is the thing. We are not creatures of habit. We are creatures of patterns. So if I want to get from 2 times 1 times 2 to 8, I have to replace the 1 and put in the 2. Then I can get to 2 times 2 times 2, which equals 8. I'm going to have to change my pattern. i got to change. If I want a different result, I have to change what I'm doing. I have to change how I'm thinking. I have to change what I desire. I have to change my friends. I have to change how I wake up. I have to change how I eat. I have to allow God to change the way that I'm going about life. And it has to start from the inside. So Jesus understood, man, before I, before I get the Google 2,000 years later, 25 million searches, and before they still come to church for me, and, and they ain't never met me in real life, and they've never seen me, before I still have an impact, even though I'm in heaven and it's been 2,000 years, I have to get into the wilderness. I got to stop listening to my dad and his negativity, listening to my mom and her complaints. I got to stop going to the same job every day with the same attitude. I have to stop showing up with the same mindset. I have to stop showing up with the same practices, the same addictions, the same people, the same. I have to change the pattern so I can get a different result. He understood that. So I got to fast so God can deal with me. Because his will is good, pleasing, and whole. It's perfect. I got to change. So he said, I'm going to eliminate some distractions. Fasting allows us to become more centered and focused on God. Establish some healthy patterns. They say it takes 21 days to break an addiction. It takes about our habit. It takes 21 days then to form a new habit. Certain patterns. So we're going to have our 5.30 a.m. fasting prayer call. And uh, I I know it's going to be good, and you're going to be on it starting tomorrow morning. And uh, maybe maybe you don't go go to sleep 
at 6 a.m., but you stay up and you read your Bible. You get your coffee. You go to the gym. You continue on the prayer by calling a brother or sister in Christ and saying, hey, let's pray together. And, and you do that for 21 days. Um, patterns of studying. Maybe, maybe you really study this year. You do better this year. But it, it's going to be establishing, establishing um, patterns. Patterns, patterns, patterns. And so my next uh, point here is this. Let's pull up that next point. It says this here. You are going to be able to receive freedom and confidence to dream again. Receive freedom and confidence to dream again. Um, I remember when it was 2012, and I mean, all all of my needs were met. Um, Clothes and shelter and friends had it all. But I wasn't free. Like, I wanted to step into my calling, into my purpose. So there are two desires. I was at a fork in the road. It was either ministry, med school, or ministry. Med school was the for sure thing. Med school was me, 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 me. I can work it. I can study. I'll get my MD in eight years. We'll be good to go. Uh, ministry, not as much. There are no pastors on my side, my, my dad's side, on my mother's side. How do pastors even eat? Like, what's going on? And so I didn't know it. I went on a 21-day fast because I felt so confused and cloudy, and I wasn't fulfilled on the inside because I wasn't in my calling. I was making money. I was on a job. I had my friends, movies, went shopping, all that great stuff. But on the inside, I was lacking. And so I went on a 21-day fast specifically for the calling of God on my life. Some of you are going to have to fast specifically for the calling of God on your life. And so by day 10, the spirit of the Lord gave me the peace and he called me into full-time vocational ministry. And you're going to receive freedom and the confidence to dream again. Once I got the green light to step into my ministry, I could go to my journal and write anything because I was in the will of God. And it was, there's a grace that accompanies the will of God. When it's you trying and you dying and you stressing and you struggling, it's you. But there's a grace that when you get into the will of God for your life, you're just walking on water and it just comes easy. So you don't get tired when you're in the will of God. You get excited. You get fired up. You get, you, you just take it over because you're in your grace. But unless I fasted, that revelation and that clarity wouldn't have been given. So in Matthew 17, there's this kid. Um, He has a demon. He's possessed by a demon. And the father brings the kid to the disciples. The the demon is um, suicidal in tendency. So this demon would throw the child in the water. He would throw him in the fire. The the father said, hey, oh, you're Jesus' disciples. Y'all can heal him. You can cast this demon out. And I mean, they're going at it in Jesus' name. <laughs> come out of him <laughs> and the demon's like no 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 and so jesus is like just chilling and this is the way i see it like he's just kind of cutting up an apple and he's like look at these they're just ridiculous and so the father brings the kid to jesus and the first thing that jesus says is 
He said, I, I, brought, I brought my son to, to the disciples, but they couldn't cast him out. And the first thing Jesus said, he said, such a generation that lacks faith. He said, bring the boy to me. And he commanded the demon to come out. The demon shrugged the boy a little bit, and he came out, and the boy could see again. He could walk. He could dream. He could do things that he had never done before, ever in his life. And so he uses it as a moment to teach the disciples about what's really going on. And in Matthew 17, 21, it says this here. But this kind does not come out, does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Now, when I first read that about 10, 12 years ago, that messed up my theology. So I'm like, man, I'm going to church, I'm sweeping the church, I'm sitting people, I'm showing up to church an hour earlier, praying, go to Barnes and Nobles, I, I read my Bible, I love my Bible, but I need something more, so I got to go into the self-help section, seven ways of a highly effective person, Stephen Covey, I've done it all, and I'm still lacking, I still don't feel free. I'm still bound. And I came upon this verse, and it became very apparent to me that I I had been missing a secret ingredient in my life for years, following Jesus. He said, this kind only comes out through prayer and fasting. So there are some things you're trying to get from under but all you've been throwing at it is prayer. All you've been throwing at it is I'll go to church four times a year. All you've been throwing at it is a little devotional read, uh, Jesus with me, the little brown books that, you know, it's all you've been throwing at it, but nothing's changing. Nothing is being shifted because this kind of depression, I feel someone in here right now heavy, someone's struggling. This kind of anxiety, these kind of suicidal thoughts, This kind of stress, this kind of lack of self-esteem, this kind of lack of confidence only comes out through prayer and fasting. So on the more positive end on it, this kind of potential. This kind of vision, this kind of dream, this kind of clarity can only come out through prayer and fasting. What is that impossible thing you're believing God for in your life this year? It's going to take this 21-day fast to initiate the process of fulfilling that thing that you want to step into that God has never done in your life. What joy, what peace are you attempting to experience this year it's going to take prayer and the presence of God through fasting this year so I encourage you with this get what's called and I you can call it whatever you want to call it. get get you a journal and uh, every every 21 day fast I encourage our congregation you can come to God with anything when you fast 
Lord, I want you to heal grandma of cancer. God, I, I want to be debt free this year. Lord, I want the church to grow. You can go to God about anything when you're fasting. Write down your dreams, your visions, your prayer requests, all of that. I have uh, books dating back from 2007 where I've seen God answer pages of prayers. I have things that I've written in 2013, uh, last year, the year before, where God has answered those prayers. He's still working on some, you being one of them. Let me tell you something. If you want to see that, oh, Jesus, this kind. What kind, Jesus? Tell me what kind. This kind. This kind what? Well, this kind where you move from a 1,000 miles away from your home state. You move with seven to eight other adults and two boys. And in less than two years, y'all go from nine people to over 300 people. This kind where people break addictions. This kind where people get free. This kind where people get healed. This kind where people get saved. This kind. That's the kind of fast that you need to enter into. You want to see the impossible? Well, it's this kind. And you're going to have to throw a fast on top of it. And guess what? I'm fasting this year. Did you hear the annual report video? I don't know if you heard the end. The end was the best part. Yeah, we gave a quarter million. Praise God. We're going for half a million this year. Yeah, we gave 26,000 outreach. Praise God. We're going for over 50. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going for all that. But did you hear the end of it? Pastor Josh has deemed 2019 as the year of growth and development as we prepare for the year 2020, the year of more. Why? Why are we preparing for a year when we just entered this year? Because it's this kind. And I've written it down. What are you writing down? What miracles are you believing God for? Who are you believing God for? It's this kind. This year. Right now. This fast. Other thing I encourage you to get is your inside out fasting devotional. On your way out, just grab it. Just gives you daily thoughts, um, brand new content um, straight from this house, me and Pastor Kyra. Um, we got in the presence of God, we prayed, and we just said, God, pour out good daily devotionals here. My favorite one is zebra cakes and oatmeal pies. <laughs> Last thing, go ahead and pull it up for me. I, the devil done bumped my elbow, and I don't even, my iPad ain't even working. Your best year spiritually will equal your best year ever. Your best year spiritually equals your best year ever. It's so amazing. Now, if you go back and you read the Gospels or you do a chronological search on Jesus' first year, so right after he fasted, um, Immediately, his team grew from him to his first five disciples. So it's one thing that God wants to do this year, surround you with the right people, faith-filled, high thinkers, motivated people. He turned water into wine, so he was a party starter. He raised a young boy from the dead, and he won the heart of a Roman official who did not believe in God. His first year was dynamic. It will be your best year if it is your best year spiritually. Psalm 65, 11 says this. You crowned the year with a bountiful harvest. Even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. God has crowned your year with blessing 
and with favor. So let's meet with God in our homes, in our cars, in our bedrooms, through the season of prayer and fasting. Let's give the word of God a hand clap of praise. Praise the Lord. Now, with every head bowed, if you've never given Jesus a chance to love you, a chance to fulfill you, every head bowed in prayer, I want to open up this opportunity. You are loved, and your year has been crowned with the blessing of God. God is ready to give you peace and joy and a sound mind. This is your year, 2019. But it's only going to be your best year if it's your best year spiritually. If you've never given Jesus your life, today is your day. On the count of three, don't let Satan talk you out of it. Or maybe you're coming back to God. You've been backslidden for some time, but you need to come back to Jesus. On the count of three, we won't embarrass you. We just want you to raise that hand and raise it high. One, two, three. God bless you. Raise, raise that hand high if you're coming to Jesus. God bless you. God bless you. You can put those hands down. Church, let's celebrate. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's go ahead and repeat after me, church. Say, Father God, I love you. Forgive me for my sin. Fill my heart with your spirit. I am yours in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you, church.